Okay, many businesses, including restaurants, they're planning their comebacks right now. And the City of Toronto offering some help to the city's restaurants to make it a little easier to follow social distancing guidelines. The province, of course, yet to make any moves to allow restaurants to open up again. But yesterday, Mayor Tory said that he was preparing and he's having his staff look at locations where patios could be extended to offer more space for patrons. Let's welcome in our friend Tony Chapman. He's a branding expert. He's also the host of the podcast Chatter That Matters. He's been looking into the restaurant business and small business in general, and he joins us now on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Tony, good afternoon. Jeff, how are you holding up? Uh, I'm good, thanks. Uh, Some are calling this, this expansion of patios, a lifeline for restaurants. Is it, Tony? Without question. We're now looking at potentially 50% of the independent restaurants aren't going to reopen. So the only way they're going to get that sense of hope, resilience, the ones that are on the fence saying, should I or shouldn't I, is if they have an opportunity to compete. Their existing footprint, they have to take out half the patrons, make more space for tables. It'd be almost impossible to make it a competitive reality. So if the city's giving them free rent in the sense of expanded space for their patios, smart move on, on the city's part, and you'll see a lot of restaurants and, their, and that creativity respond to it. Okay, Tony, this reminds me of that famous movie line, build it and they will come. Uh, will a lot of this depend, do you think, on people's appetite, though, for gathering in groups again? I mean, sure, you might have more room on your patio, but that doesn't necessarily mean people are going to be eager to gather with strangers right away. I'm doing a lot of research on this, and you, if you look at sort of that cultural anthropology of the past, we're going to come back. We're social creatures, and we might be timid at the beginning, but... Let's take, for example, if they give away a massive parking lot and they bring in food trucks and there's a place to meander around or a rib fest, we'll start to come back out because we want to see and be seen. We want to have the experience. We want to have the energy. We're not going to get as close as we used to, uh, certainly until they find a, a vaccination or really get a better handle on how this, uh, how this virus spreads. But I do think we will make a comeback. I do think if, if for example... I would do a welcome back Toronto party, and I would say we're going to do something bold, like take over Young Street, Church Street, uh, University, and set that up as a taste of Toronto. Uh, if you do something bold like that and start people coming out, and it, and it, you know, we and we behave, I think it's going to make it's going to send a signal. I think if we do build it, they will come. Okay, but having said that, could you also file this under careful what you wish for? Because if this is successful and our restaurants are enjoying this enhanced patio space, you know as well as I do, there's such a battle in this city for physical space. I mean, when it comes to motorists, cyclists, uh, pedestrians on the sidewalks, and now patios are expanding, are we going to have a real battle on our hands? Well, we saw that with King Street, right? We knew that wasn't an experiment. That was a de facto uh, I do think the city is moving more and more to a future where there'll be a lot less cars, uh, driverless cars, uh, shared car services, renting cars versus owning. So it's only a matter of time before cars lose out on that space. I think in this case, livelihood is more important than congested roads. So even at night, I mean, we don't have to do it during the day. We have the traffic. But I I don't understand, for example, Church Street, which used to be that incredible gay village energy, that why places like that can't become pedestrian uh, Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday night from 8 o'clock on every weekend. I just don't understand how, how difficult that would be to do. And I hope right now why, why Tory's got some power and we don't have to spend months arguing council. We just make some of these moves and give, again, 
This is the part of the economy that's been hurt the most. I mean, this is, we're talking about 800,000 jobs lost in restaurants alone. We have to find a way to, to prime this pump, even if it means it's going to take me an extra 10 minutes to get across town. Joined by Tony Chapman. Uh, meantime, Tony, there's reports that executives at Tim Hortons, they've been meeting behind closed doors, and they've started their planning how to reopen their dining areas. Their drive throughs their takeouts have been open, of course, throughout the pandemic. Uh, what will that look like, do you think? Well, I think we're going to see that they, they've created a new protocol. They have this incredible you know, cleaning protocol back of house. The front of the house was just more or less wipe the tables. They've got a whole new protocol. You're going to see an, an ex, almost an exaggerated clean. That'll be very important to people. You'll see more space between tables. You'll only allow to have four people at tables. So you won't have the five or six crowded on it. And I think we've got to think of Tim Hortons really where the soul of this brand is, which is the suburbs, the smaller towns, which I think people will be more apt to go and, and see right now than necessarily right in the congestion of the city. So I think Tim Hortons is smart to be doing this and to taking that first move versus the Starbucks, which is much more urban. But And once they do it, we start seeing pictures and people back out and the sky's not falling. Uh, I think it's really going to help our psychology and our sense of optimism of, of where uh, how we can stage a bit of a post-COVID uh, comeback. Yeah, but in the meantime, they've got to be looking at, I'm sure, taking out some tables uh, in the interim and obviously training their staff, as you suggest, on sanitation and making sure that every store is spotless. Well, I mean, the day of seeing the person grab a rag out of the back pocket and wipe your table and go to the next table and wipe it will be very different. I mean, you're going to be seeing, you know, again, can the restaurants afford this protocol? Can they can they absorb these costs? Will, they, will the consumer be willing to accept additional costs? And again, energy, we've talked about this before. A great thing about a great restaurant or a bar, it's got a buzz. Things are happening. It's got life to it. So if you go into what your, used to be your favorite uh, local and, and uh, you know, people have to sit at the bar four feet apart to watch a sports game, you probably go, you know what, I'm going to just stay at home and watch it on my home screen. So th- th- we've got to get very, uh, uh, we've got to be very cautiously uh, aggressive in terms of starting to move this economy back and taking a little bit of risks and measure risk and see what's happening because um, you, gotta, you can't open a restaurant with one hand, let alone two hands, tied behind your back. All right. Finally, Tony, speaking of reopening, the Ontario government set to unveil stage one of reopening the province's economy tomorrow. I know in your podcast, Chatter That Matters, you've been doing a deep dive into the challenges that small businesses faced. What do you think they're looking to hear from the Ford government tomorrow? Or they want to know that they can get open for business. They want to have clear protocol. They also need to know what happens, what's the number that's going to force us to shut down again. So they just what they want is certainty, Jeff. Right now they feel like they're running on shifting sand. It's impossible. They, uh, they've got headwinds battling at the same time. All we need to do is give a, a jolt of optimism that says we're opening up, we know we're going to have a couple of casualties by doing it, but we've got to get back to business. And more importantly, we're going to let you open the doors. We're going to let people come into your stores and shop. We're going to let people on Main Street again. And I think for doing that, even if it's a timeline, at least gives people something they can plan for. Because right now, with the total uncertainty, there's nothing to plan for. And when you haven't got something to plan for, that's where you are at the most nervous because you don't know which way you're going. So do you think they, small business owners, are they looking for a date from Ford tomorrow? Because it sounded as if in the press conference last hour we were going to get guidelines instead of a green light. Yeah, uh, well, you know what? They need, to have a, they need to have green lights where they can. 
So, for example, let's say hair salons. We are going to open on this date. Here's what you're going to expect. But people are going to be using gloves and masks. But we are going to open on this date. They need to know there's dates now. And we can't waffle around anymore. These are livelihoods at stake. These are people paying rent. Every day lost, you'll never get back. So they've, they've got to get this thing happening. And, and we're not just talking about dentists and, and doctors and dermatologists and everything else in this study. Ford's got to be very specific in what the plan of action is. Even if it's extended in August, at least it allows people to determine, can I you know, preserve my business to then, and how do I set up a strategy for opening? All right. Well, we'll all find out by this time tomorrow. Tony Chapman. Tony, appreciate it as always, my friend. Thanks, Jeff. We'll talk to you soon. You got it. There goes Tony Chapman, host of the podcast Chatter That Matters. Find it where you find your favorite podcasts.